0: You're listening to Here and Now, podcasts that are separate from a normal lecture podcast talking about current events and how they might relate to psychological concepts. I hope you enjoy these podcasts. Thanks. Hello, this is Dr. C. Today's podcast, I want to talk about the... and and try to make sense of online learning online courses compared to what's called remote learning or remote classes and a lot of these classes have come about because of the COVID-19 pandemic as early as this spring semester or quarter depending on your system and I know many of you are probably in the middle or beginning of this fall quarter or semester and taking online classes, or maybe a mixture of online and remote courses. So this is for those who are not familiar familiar with these terms or maybe just going back to college now during this pandemic environment and trying to make sense of the course schedule you're looking at. Because I've been teaching online courses remote from the colleges I work for, which are located in Washington State, And I'm located in Texas, but I've also taught for many years while living overseas, in Asia primarily. And I get questions from students early on, or even before the course begins, uh, such as, uh, when do we meet? Are there any meetings? What do I need to do to prepare, prepare for the course? So there seems to be some confusion over the definitions and labeling of these courses. And this is primarily at uh, related to undergraduate college courses because i teach for two-year colleges in america uh, because i I know that there are many people listening from outside of the united states so this may or may not apply to you but surely wherever you are if your educational system is dealing with the covid19 pandemic whether they're in the classroom or on-campus classes are cancelled then you are definitely likely taking classes online right so but this is primarily for my American audiences in terms of what I can relate to being a US-based instructor so let me tell you a little bit of the history of online classes and this goes way back to the early 1980s when I was a high school student in Texas and because of my guidance counselor not really guiding me the correct way, I wanted to finish my high school year graduating by taking calculus as in terms of my math class progression. For some reason, she thought that would be too difficult for me. I guess she didn't have faith in her students or myself. And told me, no, no, to take a wood repair, wood, wood shop and metal shop. Right? These are uh, woodworking and metalworks uh, types of shop classes, which I don't regret taking actually, but a lot of students gunning for straight academics and going to university did not take those kinds of classes. They would take you know, the most academically rigorous classes. So that put me one year behind in math, and so I had to take geometry, I believe it was, to catch up, but I took it. This is pre-distance learning, almost pre-internet. And so um, pretty much pre-internet, I think, at that time. Um, Pretty close. And I took what's called a correspondence class. So my instructor, my teacher, was located in another city. I believe it was Lubbock, Texas. And the homework assignments would be mailed to me. And I would work on them, and I would mail them back. And I would be assigned a grade. And I don't recall how we communicated, whether uh, we used email back then. I I really don't remember. I think email was really at its infancy too. So uh, I'm pretty sure it was just all written and sent by postal mail. In any case, um, online classes for myself, I've been teaching since I was a graduate student in the early 1990s, but started as a full-time faculty member in the year 2000. Um, Teaching at the community college level. Those are my primary uh, teaching responsibilities even though I have taught at the university level, four-year university level, as well as for some graduate school classes at the master's level. But um, I remember starting the year 2000, I think maybe around 2004, 2005, distance learning is what they call a DL came about. And this is the situation where The college I worked for at the time uh, wasn't very technologically savvy and did not the administrators were more old-school on-campus face-to-face type types of uh, you know experience so they didn't really understand how it would work to teach using the internet and so even before what we think of as online learning, there were there were live video classes where our college had three separate campuses then in Texas. And let's say if I were to teach one class at my campus, it's called Central, students at North and South could take the same class, go to a classroom that had a live feed of the video. And I can hear students from those classrooms in, through the microphone but i cannot see them or, or perhaps if I, I can switch over and see them i've never done that kind of class but those existed back then and those i would call pre distance learning classes in terms of how how we define it today all right so let's talk about uh, online classes for one and then i'll talk about what are called remote classes and compare the two so online teaching is what i do since maybe the year 2004 2005 and since 2010, that's all I've been doing. So if between 2000 and 2010, I was a full-time faculty, had an office on campus, had office hours, taught most of my classes on campus, then gradually became more interested in these internet-based courses. And near the end of my ten-year, 10 year, tenure, try to say that fast, at that college, I believe at least half or most of my classes were online. And then we decided to live overseas, and and I gave up that full-time job and ended up just teaching part-time as an adjunct instructor for two different colleges in Washington State, a college in Louisiana, and another college, a different college in Texas. So at one point, I was employed by four different colleges. And as an adjunct instructor, whether you teach on a campus or online, that's not uncommon for a part-time instructor struggling to become full-time, just teaching for as many colleges as possible. So it's possible that person may not even have benefits such as medical or retirement if they're teaching part-time status at each college. But luckily, as of today, I've only concentrated my efforts with colleges within the same state, state of Washington, and by combining my courses, I've reached a threshold that would allow me to have benefits benefits within the system. So even though I'm teaching out of state, from out of state, um, my course load is sufficient. So even though I don't have a full-time salary, I do have medical and some retirement benefits. And uh, I'll talk a little bit another time about our very efficient and low Uh, how should I say it, thrifty, let's call it thrifty living, where a part-time salary for a family of three was actually enough to get by with and actually accumulate a pretty good sum for our retirement in about 10 or 15 years. Okay, so online teaching. I remember at my college when that first came about and they wanted to have some volunteers from our full-time faculty pool to teach, right? Uh, The college didn't really trust part-time adjunct instructors to teach online because how would you supervise them? They're not here, right? And they're not full-time. So uh, for accountability purposes, our college wanted full-time faculty to take the lead on these. And, And the college was a reluctant participant because of the stigma attached to online learning that, oh, students cannot possibly learn through the computer, You have to have face-to-face interaction, you know, real human interaction. How is this going to work? But I saw the potential in it. And it's almost as if all the faculty lined up, imagining them lining up, and everyone took two steps back, and I took one step forward, and then I became the online guy in my department. So anyone that had any online sort of tech support-related questions or they're trying to integrate the learning management system, which is called an LMS. And this is basically the web system, the the site that hosts the course, right? So we don't independently just create our own courses on any platform, we all use in the same college, the same LMS, the college contracts with a company like Blackboard or Canvas. Back then there was Angel, which I think was bought out by Blackboard. There's a free open source version called Moodle, And I've used all these platforms before for the various colleges and I'm not going to tell you which one I like the best today, but basically from a student's point of view, that's what you have to learn when you're taking your first online class is the learning management system is no different than having a new social media account. In a way you have to learn how to navigate it, you know, how to find information and so forth and create an account to log in. All right. So an online course, In a nutshell, there are no live components to the course. You don't try to coordinate all 30 students to be on the website at the same time. There are no video uh, classes, right, like on Zoom or whatever app you're thinking about that some are used today. So that's why these are called asynchronous courses. Okay, that's one word, asynchronous. So there's no synchronized timing of it which is the beauty of an online class because then a student can study, take their quizzes at any time of day, 24 hours, that suits them. And this is the aspect that I really saw the potential in online learning that a lot of faculty and maybe even administrators did not because they only tried to compare class to class and thought, oh, you know, it can't possibly achieve the same results and students can't learn, etc." But one of the things I thought of at the very, very beginning, was that what an opportunity to reach people for them to be able to get a college education or at least take some courses where before, because of their work schedule or maybe they're a stay-at-home parent, they cannot afford the time to leave their home, to go to a college or university campus, to take that class, right? And so as a full-time faculty member at the time, I took really great pride in trying to make a good course so that the student would benefit the same way as an on-campus class and I know that they're very motivated oftentimes more so than an on-campus student because um, their lives are busier right they may be working the night shift as a nurse so they take their classes in the you know in the early mornings or late at night when, when the college campus is not open right so you're actually reaching people you normally could not reach okay so the study materials are posted on the website, the LMS, Learning Management System. So students are expected in this respect, compared to a face-to-face class. From the student's point of view, we as instructors expect you to be more proactive, meaning to not have to need as much prompting or reminding of your schedule, of when to read the textbook and what to read, or how to prepare. The material is provided for you. You need to set aside time during the week before each exam and know all the deadlines, right? And the instructor's role is now no longer a person who stands in front of the class and lectures for 45 minutes three times a week. We are now facilitators, right? Because we do not have this live component and students can log in at any time, sometimes some courses don't even have any kind of lecture at all it could be a combination of PowerPoint slides and YouTube videos um, as well as some outlines or study guides and that might be it right and then you reach the instructor by email if you have any questions about any of the concepts you may have discussion forums to interact with your classmates Um, you may or may not have group projects Um, I personally do not like to give group projects in an online course because that takes away the flexibility for the student to learn independently because the frustration comes when even if a group as small as three students typically one or two students may be committing social loafing which you will learn in social psychology class so you commit a little bit less effort or just it's hard to schedule it's a lot of headache to try to schedule Three people to meet up online at the same time to talk about something and so I really don't see as much value in group work when it comes to online courses I'm sure some instructors do all right so here are some positives and some of these I've mentioned already online classes can be extremely and they are extremely flexible for the instructor and for the student okay Uh, i think there's a perception out there early on at least from my first college that i told you about that i worked for 10 years that you know what are these online instructors really doing you know because they're not standing and lecturing for an hour they must be at home in their pajamas uh you know just uh just taking it easy while the course runs itself well that's not entirely true good instructors do a lot of preparation They spend a lot of time communicating with students okay um, so and a lot of time grading their papers and assignments. So that level of work is very similar. Whereas when I was teaching on campus, I would have my folder, my outline or a PowerPoint slide, I would have it ready and I just knew mentally ready, this is what I'm gonna discuss today and I go in and talk about it, right? Then I grade assignments and, and students take exams using scantrons. so those are pretty easily graded. So a lot of time is spent in the classroom interacting with students and talking as well as some prep work ahead of time of course but in online classes you can double or triple the amount of prep work because you're dealing with getting a website that's usable and creating content and uploading content and a lot of that is not really done when you're a lecturer right you have your existing notes you may be modified a little bit but you're not creating videos you're not creating audio recordings you're talking live okay so there is some energy spent there, of course, but it's just differently, okay? So our work pace is a little bit different. Um, the instructors are available via email. You're, you're expected to respond to students within usually 48 hours. Oftentimes, most professors uh, respond to emails right away if they happen to be on their computer, right? And as an instructor, for those of you who wanna teach one day, or graduate students want to teach you know don't don't spend your whole day in front of the computer eight to five okay that's not how how an effective online instructor works okay you have to really segment your time so you're doing specific tasks at a certain time you're not an you're not uh, an on-call professional where like a physician in the emergency room you get paged at two in the morning you have to respond to it right away if you get an email late at night just respond to the next day it's fine okay Um, even if it might be somewhat urgent a student needs to understand that uh, instructor has their work hours and their off hours so another advantage is that again it's very flexible for students to access the college course at different hours and access the course material and you don't need the fastest internet to use the online course if you can stream YouTube that's generally fast enough To do what you need to do uh, in a course okay Uh, now the downsides of an online class like this is that those who may prefer to listen to a live lecture right uh, and interact with classmates sitting next to them talking to them right uh, you do miss out on that of course and that's part of it though let me add one advantage to an online course where an instructor does record let's say audio or video recordings for the class for a student you're studying at a time that works for you not at 7:30, 8:30 in the morning or 10 p.m at night when you're your classes when you have a class on campus that you have to go to okay 10 p.m is a little late but you know like an 8 p.m class when you're tired uh, I've taught very early in the morning before and seen students falling asleep in the front row and, you know, okay, maybe it's me. But sometimes it could be just the just time of day. It doesn't work for everyone. That's the class that they can get, right? And so an online class, energy-wise, a student can study and, and pause the lecture, rewind it, listen to it again, right, and then contact the instructor if they have any questions. So in that respect, the flexibility is really very good okay let's talk a bit about remote classes now these are mostly a new invention at the college level because in the college level you normally have the face-to-face classes that have a schedule eight o'clock monday wednesday friday or whatnot right or once in the evening for three hours or you have online so this new invention of remote learning and k through 12 is doing it too obviously as you've seen it's a pre- direct replacement for face to face class. So that time slot of a face to face class is now converted for that instructor to be remote learning. So they're expected, depending on the college, right, unless they want to convert it to an online class, if they're doing remote and maybe they prefer to do that because they want to, you know, see the students' faces and talk to them and lecture the traditional way. Um, on a video platform, then that remote class for the student you're gonna have to occupy that time in your schedule two to three times a week or a three-hour block if you can believe that. Okay so the main advantage of course is that you're gonna have direct contact with classmates you can actually see faces perhaps and hear their comments as well as the instructor so that's good for those who like that kind of interaction. Now The downsides, well, it's more time consuming for the instructor and the student because those three hours a week that an online instructor and student can be reading their book, watching instructional videos, uh, taking notes, will have to be taken up by listening to an instructor talk the whole time or most of that hour, right? And so those three hours a week per class, depending on how many, that's a lot of time commitment of like like being on a conference call, basically, being in a meeting, okay? And that may not work for most people, okay? Another thing is that that could be exhausting. If you have, I, I've heard and seen news stories about some K-12 through 12 students and instructors, uh, teachers, they're basically sitting in front of the computer almost all day. Because if you think about a, a regular high school schedule or middle school schedule, right, you start at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, class ends at three that's six straight hours maybe a lunch break right and then you have ten minute breaks in between and what do you do normally you go to class you talk to friends you listen to a teacher you open up the book you take some notes but instead you're staring in front of a computer which can be more mentally taxing right um, Than a face-to-face you know environment where you're walk physically walking from class to class and, and it's much more stimulating so uh, again, the downside is that it's, it's less flexible. It can be very awkward to ask a question, right, in an online course. You just send an email at any time, and, and you can have a one-on-one correspondence back and forth like that. And it, to me, it levels the playing field between those who are more socially awkward and those who are more socially proficient, in a sense, you know, in terms of being more extroverted and comfortable in crowded situations. You've probably noticed classrooms where the same three people seem to speak up the most during every hour and then you have the back row people students who are quietly diligently taking notes but would never speak up in class but to me i would not know when a student emails me whether they're going to be one of those first row people or the last row people so it kind of levels the playing field i'm just dealing with a student now regardless of you know how much they would normally dominate a conversation in the class right so an online Discussion forum does have that advantage Okay, that's pretty much it. Um, I just want to give you an overview of what an online course is like remember It's asynchronous versus a remote learning course, which tends to be synchronous now again I have not taught these remote learning courses I've only seen them and I kind of know about them in general how they're set up but it, oftentimes they're a combination of content that's held online obviously uh, like assignments and quizzes but then you have that live component and perhaps there are mixtures or hybrids in between where instead of meeting three hours a week they meet for one hour a week just to check in and do a review and see how things are going and then the rest of the time it could be that's how I would do it if I was assigned a class like that the rest of the time would be just more flexible uh, learning okay Uh, as you know because of my podcast channel and YouTube channel I, I create short and long lectures for my online students so they can watch and and listen to at any time and i've gotten fairly positive feedback over the years that they found help that these are helpful so um my younger daughter is now in her third semester of community college and also at the same time finishing her high school uh, as a homeschooler and she told me that you know her suggestion as well from her cousin was that uh, they like classes even when they're online when the instructor is more active more proactive uh, more engaged and involved and i thought well one way to do that is to send out a lot of announcements and uh, a lot of emails to students to see how they're doing checking in on them as well as creating these uh, audio and video recordings okay well i hope you found this helpful in some way wherever you are and maybe you're planning for the 2021 spring quarter or spring semester and you're looking through the schedule and what i would recommend is that and and i plan to do a lot of these topics separately but they're kind of blending into the same podcast was to do your research and find out you know what's going to fit your schedule better um do you value having a live session you know at a certain time of day to be able to hear someone speak but then again remember the down downside is you may not be able to ask questions you may not feel comfortable enough to ask questions so hopefully those lectures are recorded where you can actually listen to them again so I think you have enough information to know the basic differences between the two styles of classes for you to make a decision because uh, also if you're going by professors or instructor reputation this is one of those things where my daughter fell into this uh, predicament where a particular instructor had a great reputation on the online review sites but that was for face-to-face teaching and now that the class is online she feels like it's really lacking in content and lacking in direct engagement from the instructor it feels like the instructor is absent which is unfortunate okay folks uh, have a good day and i hope this was useful to you feel free to contact me on twitter at jack b teaching that's j-a-c-k the letter b as in boy and the word teaching as in teaching jack b teaching is my twitter handle you can send me a tweet there if you have any questions and if you want to reach me okay thanks